and welcome to the Almost Enlightened podcast. I'm Alex Morin, your host, and today's topic is changing the world. Why not? Let's start by saying that it's actually easier to change the world than you may think. In fact, you do it every day. Humankind's ability to create at will distinguishes us from every other species on the planet. Now don't get me wrong, a beaver's dam, an eagle's nest, two dogs playing in the park, these are all wonderful examples of creation. But beavers didn't build the pyramids, the Empire State Building, or even the Hoover Dam. Humans did. Our ability to take a thought and convert that into what we see in our heads is truly a thing of miracles. Now, I've heard it said a hundred times that we live in the world of the dreamers. And it wasn't until recently that I began to understand what that truly means. So let me explain. When Elon Musk decided to start his electric car company, Tesla, it was merely a thought. He was able to hold on to that thought long enough to convert it into a reality. A reality in which millions of people commute to and from work every day in his Model S's his Model 3s, and all of his other Tesla vehicles. He's a creator who's not only created a fantastic line of electrically powered cars, but he's transformed the world through an ability to bring his ideas to life. Elon's contribution to modern-day society runs so deeply through so many countries that he's impacted what cars are driven on the road, how we're using energy, how government policies are shaped, and even what we think about naming children. So you could say that someone like Elon Musk, who at one point had an idea, is a creator of your reality. In many ways, you live in his world, not the other way around. Is Elon any more special than you? No, he's not. And I'm willing to wager that he'd agree with that statement. So you possess what he does and what countless other creators possess which is a mind. And with that mind comes an ability to shape the world just as Elon's has. As I study history, I've begun to notice a pattern. That pattern is the hierarchical makeup of nearly every civilization that's come before us. And that pattern continues on in our civilization. The hierarchy consists of decision makers and what we're going to call followers. Now, the majority of us find ourselves in the followers category and that can be a difficult truth for many of us to accept. Now, if you're someone who's uncomfortable by that or who questions that truth, just ask yourself, why is it such a difficult notion to believe? Is it because it's true? Do you follow society's rules even though many of those rules don't serve you? Maybe some of those rules are actually doing you a disservice. Do you think there's a better way? Are you exasperated by the system? Now, please don't misunderstand this, because I don't believe that society or the system was ever meant to be this way. For example, I truly believe that the 56 people who signed the U.S. Declaration of Independence, along with most other civilization builders, were honest people who genuinely set out to create a civilization of peace and harmony. But you do know what they say, right? Absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. Now, I wish this wasn't so, but examples abound in every corner of the world of this reality. You see, for reasons that we'll get into shortly, the people, 
us people, also known as the followers that we were just talking about, have given our power away. Yeah, that's right. We gave it away. And what's worse is that we did it knowingly and we did it in good faith. Let me explain that concept. I'm sure the articles of the Declaration of Independence weren't all called into question a week after they were made public. But over time, the document's intention began to be stretched by those who stood to profit from doing so. The good of many was replaced by good for a few. And this would have marked the beginning of the end for the intention that was set out in that famous document. In allowing the spirit of the Declaration of Independence to be reshaped, we ceased to possess a moral compass that would guide us through the building of our civilization. We gave it up. We turned our power over to the few. Now, we're certainly not to blame for this, but we are responsible. And I think that all of us possess a faith in humanity that's innate. We're not born with a notion of good and bad. We learn that over time. And when I say learn, this includes the ability to learn wrong things. Perhaps we learned that people in authority always look out for our best interests, when in fact, they may not. Perhaps we learned to believe that our political system is the best in the world, when in fact, that may not be the case. Perhaps we need to examine what we believe and ask ourselves if what we learned was and is indeed true. Because what I'm learning these days is that a lot of what I hold to be true just isn't. It was convenient and easy to give up our power because we believed in the people. Like I said earlier, we did it knowingly and we did it in good faith. We believed in our leaders and they let us down. Ironically, they let themselves down too. Because I don't think that too many people, for example, our leaders, are deliberately malicious. For the most part, I believe people are good. But dilution was and is our enemy. Our positive intentions were diluted by the very few who allowed their fear to call the shots. Now, I actually don't know where fear comes from, but most of us have a PhD in it. Now, it's important to know that fear can only exist when we lose faith. With complete and total faith, there is no room for fear, and therefore, there is no fear. So perhaps the appearance of fear is synonymous with the loss of faith. But wherever it comes from, fear spreads like a cancer, and it must have done just that. As fear was spreading, a startling discovery was made that would change the world forever. That discovery is that the very fear that motivates action is the same fear that can be employed to control the masses. Wow, but before we explore that statement, let's understand that creation out of fear is just as real as creation out of love. Both emotions allow us to mobilize our energy, be they fearful or loving, into action. And just as we can create any ideal we envision, like the Declaration of Independence, we can also create poison. So let's get back to that startling discovery that fear can be employed to control the masses. Whether it's deliberate or not, the spreading of fear dilutes our faith. When that happens, we begin limiting our thinking, particularly our imagination. 
We stop creating things out of love and gratitude, and we begin creating realities to suppress the fear. We stop thinking about the greater good, and we begin to turn our attention inward in an attempt to end the fear. Things like self-serving thoughts quickly spiral into self-serving actions, and those culminate in self-serving results. All of this because our positive intentions were diluted. You see, we traded faith for fear. Before you know it, creation, be it creation born from positive thoughts or creation motivated by fear, takes on duality. In other words, positive and negative creation. In fact, I'll argue that one can't exist without the other. And then this dualistic world emerges in which reality for the leaders is exactly what they create, while reality for the followers is exactly what you allow to take shape in your life. All of this because you're not thinking for yourself anymore. Eventually, you allow so much to be created around you that you conform. And conformity is one of the ugliest words in the English language, says me, because it's the antithesis of creation. Conformity is the very act of giving up power. Now, on a side note, you shouldn't confuse conformity with cooperation, teamwork, or unity. You can mimic the actions of someone that's doing something really well so you can replicate those outstanding results. That's not conformity. And you can agree with a group that there is an optimal way to proceed. You're not following the masses. But conforming without thought is the rejection of your God-given right to create using your mind. So why are we largely a society that's conformed to the ideals of the few? As I just alluded to, is it because we've forgotten how to think? And why do you think that might be? I'll argue that distraction is the key to why we've lost the ability to think for ourselves. Fear has become so distracting for so many of us that we fail to see clearly anymore. You see, when we knowingly gave away our power, we allowed other people's realities, perhaps born out of fear, to become our realities. So let's use self-serving tendencies as an example of how fear is born. When we begin only thinking of self, we shut off the wonderful and vast amounts of beautiful energy that formulate everything and everyone on our planet. We lose our connection with people, with nature, and with the universe. Our unlimited ability to tap into what's real through the power of our thinking is lost. Just picture humanity and everything around us as part of the internet. If we're connected, then we have unlimited knowledge and resources at our fingertips. Yet, if we disconnect, we've lost the connection to knowledge and to truth. Left only with our beliefs, many of which are bound to be fear-based because of the environment we came from, we're destined to create fear out of fear. It's a negative cycle. It might even come as a surprise to you that many of the wealthiest people on the planet are also the most fearful people on it. That helps explain why it's so challenging to break out of the mold. Because fear begets fear. 
Imagine a world in which fear guided nearly all of your decision-making. Here is a scenario. Imagine a world in which you believed your life was hanging in the balance because of the emergence of a mysterious virus. Imagine if you allowed your leaders to tell you what you have to wear, when you can go outside, who you can congregate with, or what you can and can't say. In conforming, have you just given your power away? Are you using your mind anymore? Are you thinking for yourself anymore? Or have you allowed others to think for you? Think about it. Don't judge. Don't close your mind. Think about it. You know the answer. When you begin to think, to really think, the answers just appear. Through energy, you are connected to everyone and everything. It's infinitely better than being connected to the internet. And when you begin to really think, those ideas come pouring in. Those ideas that come to you are often the ones that can change the world. I'm inspired by great thinkers. At the moment, Nelson Mandela and the Buddha have been two thinkers that have provided me tremendous amounts of food for thought. When we talk about changing the world, the thoughts and the teachings of these two men stand out as shining examples of how belief, faith, and compassion can and do change the world. In both cases, these men believed that there was more to life than the system in which they lived. Both understood that change was and is necessary. Mandela even bet his life on it. Both thinkers fervently believed in a world of peace even if their paths to such a destination were different. But what I find fascinating is that both men came to these conclusions intuitively. Experience, learning, meditation, introspection, and belief is what allowed Mandela and the Buddha to spread their message of love and of peace. Unencumbered by fear and guided by pure intention, their respective messages were heard around the world. And what's even more fascinating is that their messages still endure today. Now, neither of these men invented the car, electricity, or even advanced science in any radical way. No, 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 no. Their contribution to humankind was an ability to change the world with thought and change it for the better. Today, people like Greta Thunberg, Malala Yousafzai, and Jason Shirka are carrying the torch. These people have opened the eyes and hearts of millions, perhaps billions of people around the world. They'd probably tell you that their belief is greater than their fear. They'd probably tell you that they know they're changing the world because they can and because they choose to do so. And they do it without ego. They do it because they can. And what I'm telling you today is that you can too. Selflessness is the means through which great ideas can really take flight. When we think in a selfless manner, it's truly thought without ego. This is the purest form of thought, or thought at the highest vibration. Those that do this or have done this are the people that have changed the world. Mother Teresa, the Dalai Lama, Mary Curie, Rosa Parks, the list goes on. And many are doing it today. And as I've already pointed out, you actually are too. 
no matter how small or how big, your actions or your energy cause ripples around the world, and I'm going to even argue the universe. When you operate out of fear and make fear-based decisions, you're reinforcing a negative cycle. You're passing that energy to your friends, to your coworkers, your children, and even your unborn children. You're literally changing the world. Conversely, when you plant a tree, you're making a difference for the millions of organisms that coexist with that tree. But make no mistake, in both instances, you're making a difference. Sharing a well-intentioned thought or an idea is the key to propagation and the key to changing the world. Let's take a quick math lesson to illustrate the power of this notion. Today's unit's going to be on exponents or exponential functions. Some people call them indices. You remember that math lesson, right? In a nutshell, you would have learned that multiplying something by itself, as long as that something is a positive exponent greater to or equal than itself, will result in a larger number. The more times we multiply that number by itself, the larger the number becomes, right? We've all done that exercise before, two times two times two times two times two, and sooner or later you've got this monstrous number. Now it happens so rapidly that before you know it, you've got a number that won't fit on a page anymore. Your thoughts translated to action work in much the same way. Share a selfless truth, one with pure intention. Share it with anyone, and that truth energy will accomplish what no technology can. Why do you think so many CEOs and so many leaders have inspirational quotes on their office walls, on their bedroom walls, or even memorized in their heads? I'll tell you, it's solely because the energy created from the original thought is so potent that it has the ability to transcend time, place, and race. I know you've been inspired by a quote before. Those quotes can change your energy. They can inspire you, and they can ultimately change the world. That is the power inherent in the thought that put those words on a simple piece of artwork. If you still have doubts, examine the rhetoric and oratory skill of someone like Hitler. His destructive, divisive, and racist speeches created ripples galvanizing his followers and resulting in tremendous suffering for the world. That's an example of the power of thought and how it can negatively affect the world. But I'm here to talk about positive examples. Buddha said, All that we are is the result of what we have thought. All that we are is the result of what we have thought. If that's true, then who are we? Are we what we think? Or are we even something beyond that? Your mind and your thoughts are not physical things. If we are what we have thought, and thought is energy, are we simply the result of energy? Are we simply shifting forms of energy? If so, we're anything we think of. We have the same power as the asteroid that ended the age of the dinosaurs. We have the same power as the tsunami that ravaged coastal cities on the Indian Ocean in 2004. The conclusion might be that we are constantly changing the world with our energy. Elon Musk is doing it. You're doing it. I'm doing it. Change is constant. It's inevitable and it's unstoppable. The beauty inherent in Buddha's words is that we have the power to create ourselves with our thoughts. 
we also have the power to do that in our true image, perhaps one of love and light. In short, you're always creating change. And you get to choose how you change. The child within you knew this to be true. That child wasn't bound by fear at birth. That child used imagination to materialize her happiness. That child lived in the moment and created her reality. Do you remember that child? Do you remember? I'm fascinated by a child's ability to create. I've got three of them, so I've certainly had the chance to marvel at it. And as I was creating this podcast, without a word of a lie, my five-year-old was sitting on a toy train and pretending to take off. Yeah, like on a plane kind of takeoff. So he's not concerned with physics. He doesn't care that there's a ceiling in the way of his takeoff. And seatbelts, ah, who the heck needs those? So why am I so less creative? Perhaps it's because he's unencumbered by the fear that consumes so many of us adults. Perhaps it's because I've fallen into the pattern trap, which is the comfort and complacency of knowing that what I habitually do results in a comfortable outcome. Have I closed the door to unpredictable, spontaneous, and creative results? Well, that's exactly what I'm trying to change. But if my son doesn't seem to follow any pattern of creativity, meaning he just creates, is this the same approach that I should take? Or can I harness the power of my imagination in a more regimented and patterned way? Let me put it to you this way. Life is but a series of patterns. Look around you. And you'll see that's true. The seasons, orbits of the planets, the tides, rotation of the earth, and even the way we organize formal education, these are all patterns. Several months ago, in the midst of a stressful time in my life, I wrote down the following words that came to me from the heart. Do it with love. Ignore the trappings of money, celebrity, materialism, and ego. It'll be a challenge to stay the course but it's doable. Formulate positive patterns, and those patterns will become the mechanics of nature. I read that every day. I read it before I sit down to create. I read it when I need a boost of energy. It's my intention, and it speaks to me. It guides me, and I'll tell you what, it's never wrong. I'm changing the world in my own way, because I believe I can. My imagination, just like my son's, is blossoming. And you know what? That road I'm on isn't all that lonely. As it turns out, it's a pretty busy highway filled with people like me who want to make a positive impact. My wife, my kids, my friends, they're all on board. I'm making new friends every day because their messages, their energies are finding me. And this is how the world changes. Someday in the very near future, we're all going to rediscover our power. We're going to realize that everything we've ever needed is completely and totally within us. Fear won't serve us anymore. Truth will be truth. We're so close you have no idea. Or perhaps you do. But we can do this. We can change the world. And it begins from within. Thanks for listening today. 